Heavenly Father, we bless you this morning and we give glory to you. And we thank you, Lord, that you've made us partakers, O God, of your divine nature uh, by fleeing uh, the corruption that is in this world. We give you praise and glory uh, for uh, such a great and eternal salvation. And we thank you, Lord, uh, for the uh, ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, we give you praise and glory. And, and we pray that your good, uh, great, eternal, and holy spirit of truth will guide us this morning. And that your name will be exalted. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we continue our mini-series regarding Jesus Christ and his work. Now, last time when I taught on the cross of Jesus Christ, actually in my life, that's the first time I've ever taught on the cross. Um, I thought it was an easy topic which I am familiar with because I talk about it, I praise the Lord for the cross all the time. But when he came to preparing the teaching and teach about the cross... I realized that it was a serious business. It wasn't as easy as I thought. And when I taught, remember, the title was The Radical Cross, and after the teaching, uh, a, a good sister came to me and said, that wasn't quite radical. I said, oh, oh la la. Okay, so, you see, you think it's radical, there are different levels of radicality, you know, uh, with the cross. Praise the Lord. And then came something else. As I said to you, with the cross of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, all those areas cause a lot of confusion today. Some people are drinking the blood of Jesus. Some people, all sort of confusion everywhere, you know. You know, I told you about the true cross. Everybody has their own idea of the cross, what it is. Everybody has their own idea of Jesus, who is Jesus. Everybody, it's a problem. So I consider those to be fundamental, essential truth to be very, very clear. Uh, Paul did so. He said to the, um, the believers, uh, all I want to hear from you is Jesus and Jesus the crucified. End of the story. And then he mentioned something astonishing. Oh, if someone has come to you and preached another Jesus, oh, so there is a possibility that people can come and preach other Jesus. So, the topic today is who is Jesus Christ? You see, initially, I was thinking about Jesus. But as I prepared the topic, I began, it became very tricky to me, very difficult. I wanted just to say the name of Jesus. And then I thought, the name of Jesus, what does that mean? The name of Jesus. And I looked at the scripture again, I said, no, I'm safer if I say Jesus Christ, I'm safer. You will understand why. So, question to start with. Are there other people who are named or referred to as Jesus? You see, you answer, you're saying yes. I grew up somewhere, there was someone who was called Jesus. I remember... <laughs> A fellow deacon many years ago, he said to me, he said, I'm not taking seriously a parent who would give his child the name of Jesus. And he's right. <laughs> he said, I don't understand why someone called his name Jesus. Well, the answer is a resounding yes. There are people who are either called Jesus or referred to as Jesus. For instance, in Acts Chapter 13, verse 6, we read this. Now, when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus. You know what Bar-Jesus means? It means son of Jesus. He was even a sorcerer, a false prophet. The family name was Jesus. So we need to be very clear as to what we're talking about when we speak about Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4, the Apostle Paul speaks of the possibility for people coming to preach another Jesus. So there is a possibility for people preaching a different Jesus than Jesus Christ. In Matthew 24, verse 4, 
the Lord warns against many who will come in his name. Ah. Many who will come in his name saying, I am the Christ. Mm. And so deceiving many sadly. Deceiving many sadly. The church in Galatia was deceived. Paul said, how come? You before whom Christ, the risen one, was portrayed so mightily. Having started in spirit, are you going to end up in flesh? And Paul said, that is not our work. That does not come to us from us. It comes from those people who by stealth found their way in the church and came to start troubling the believers. Paul is not a true disciple. Paul doesn't know this. Paul is not spiritual. Paul, we have the truth. We have that big grandiloquent, we say in French. Discours pompeux. To draw the believer out of the, after themselves. The way to do that is to begin by undermining the true ministers of God. Once you've sowed doubt in the believers, then you can draw them after yourself unto perdition. Beware. That's how it works. Matthew 24, verse 24, For false Christ and false prophet will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So those false Christ will rise, how? With many signs and wonders, lying, deception, seduction to deceive. Why are they so desperate to show those false signs and wonders? Why? Because they call themselves Christ. Because the job description of the Messiah is to proclaim liberation, freedom, to open the eyes of the blind, to proclaim a good news. It's a miraculous ministry at full power of God at his disposal. Therefore, those calling themselves Christ will have to come with the miraculous in order to persuade and to convince people. But only those who are perishing. The Bible says, because they have not received the love of God to be saved, therefore, God sent to them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. If you don't cling on to the truth of God, you are on a slippery slope. If you pick and choose the word of God, you are on a slippery slope. A good candidate to be deceived. The Bible says, if anyone does not consent to the wholesomeness of the Bible, the wholesomeness, not private interpretation, the whole counsel of God is given by inspiration and has to be received as such the word of God. How come people are calling themselves believers and are being deceived every day? I was told of a, told of a false, false pastor for two hours stood in the pulpit lying, almost blaspheming God. And then when he finished his preaching, he said, Take joy, Lord, in what you hear. Well, I'm very fearful even to sing that song itself because God hears what we say. He hears the secret thoughts of our hearts. He's not going to take pleasure because we're telling him to, tell, to, to have pleasure, to take pleasure. He takes pleasure when he's glorified. So, deceitful workers, hmm, deceitful workers come either either calling themselves Jesus, listen carefully, or calling themselves Christ. Either Jesus or Christ. Not the two, because it's not possible. 
There's only one Jesus Christ. Not two. The man, the divine. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, we read this. The Antichrist is coming and many Antichrists, plural, have come in this world already. So the Antichrist is coming, but in the meantime, many Antichrists have come. Try not to sleep. I'm trying to speak loud enough. Try not to speak. We've just started. Try not to sleep. Sorry. So, many antichrists have come into this world. Remember what we said the other day? Antichrist. He comes before Christ. He comes, uh, he is against Christ. And and he comes in lieu of Christ. So people are calling themselves Christ with one purpose, to deceive. And millions of people are following them, sadly, because they have not received the truth of God. The other day I said, how can someone say he is baptized in the Holy Spirit and then be deceived? I don't understand that phenomenon. One can be deceived for a short while because they have not discerned something, but with the Holy Spirit, you cannot be deceived all the time and forever. It's impossible. There will be a check in the Spirit. Even if you don't understand those big theological words, there will be a check in you that there's something quite not quite right because of the Spirit of truth that is in you. Remember what we say. The Bible says, desire pure milk like a newborn babe. Question, how does a newborn babe know how to desire pure milk? Why would a newborn baby reject or vomit if the milk is, is, is rotten? They can't read the label. They can't read the label. They don't know the nutrient in the milk. How would they reject? If you try to force, you will regret it. Because it is built inside them that rotten milk will not do good to them. It can pass the mouth, but if you get inside, it's rejected. So is those who are born of Christ. Built in truth because the Holy Spirit inside will spit out, will reject falsehood. Wow, how come? Someone drink rotten milk. He goes inside. It's real. It's rotten. He says, "Oh, this tastes like yogurt." But it's rotten, and then it becomes even more rotten. Oh, this is like cheese. Why are you giving names to rotten milk? That's what we see. That's a revelation. Hallelujah. That's a new revelation. I've never heard this before. Why are you gonna end up being deceived? John Hayward say, if it's new, it's probably false. Be careful. John says, little children, writing to his children in faith, flee from idolatry. Idolatry comes in many shapes and forms. I'm telling you. Okay. But the good news is that I have struggled to find a false Jesus Christ. If you know one, please, I would be interested to know to see that. Very, very difficult to find someone who comes who is false and calls himself Jesus Christ. Well, it's quite a heavy responsibility <laughs> to take on the shoulders. They call themselves Jesus. They call themselves Christ more in a minute. Because there is only one true Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, we have an account of the birth of Jesus Christ. Matthew 1, 18. We have an account of the birth of Jesus Christ. Interesting. Now, this is the Jesus. Now I can talk interchangeably of Jesus or Jesus Christ. If I say Jesus, I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Let there be no confusion. 
now that we've explained that there's only one Jesus Christ, I can comfortably now refer to him as Jesus because we are clear as to who we're talking about here. This is the Jesus who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit who died and rose the third day. There's only one Jesus Christ and that is the one I'm talking about today. The one that was crucified to redeem humankind. First reading. Let's read. Luke chapter 1 and we're reading from verse 26 to verse, 20, to verse 35. That's Luke 1, 26 to 35. Luke 1, 26 to 35. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered the manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? 35. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So, the child to be born was the Son of the highest. He was to reign on Israel forever and of his kingdom, there will be no end. Micah 5.2 prophesies that. Micah 5.2 prophesies about the one to be the ruler of Israel, whose going forth are from, the, from, from of old, from everlasting. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, therefore, Mary could not be the mother of the eternal God. Remember, Jesus was fully human and fully God. But he exists before he came. And God gave favor to Mary that Christ will come through Mary in this world to fulfill God's purpose. Jesus the man, yes. But the mother of God, no. bit politically incorrect, isn't it? You feel like, oh no, we don't want to go there. Mary was born, we have her genealogy in the Bible here. Jesus Christ, we have his genealogy here, bodily, physically, humanly speaking, but his days are from old. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He lives forever. Let's be clear. To understand whom we're talking about this morning here. That your faith be very clear in whom you believe and you trust.
Jesus Christ exists before everything and in fact he created and controls everything. In John 1, verse 1 to 3 and 14, he is the eternal word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 14, the word was made flesh. See, he exists. He created all things and he was made flesh and Mary found favor in the sight of God that through her and her story will be spoken of everywhere not to be worshipped in fact she, she, she addressed God as God my savior she needed a savior too she is not a co-redemptrix there is only one redeemer is Jesus Christ let me be very clear here well many people have come to sit in evangelical church but they have all those Catholicism stuff with them and try to confuse people no there's one redeemer Jesus Christ one mediator the Bible says between God and man Jesus Christ who give himself a ransom not two let be clear in, on these things you will know the truth and the truth will set you Jesus Christ is the Holy One and to be called the Son of God. Luke 1 verse 35. The son. Now, these are not just titles. No. The name Jesus Christ also shows his mission, his purpose. It's not just a name given. Someone says, oh, how come he's never been called Emmanuel? Well, let's see. He's never called Emmanuel, but that was proclaimed and announced by, by an angel and prophesied that the one to come will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God has visited this world. The Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in flesh. God tabernacled amongst us, Emmanuel. The angel told Mary that the son to be born was to be called Jesus. Now the name of Jesus, dear friends. We can say everything and anything about the name of Jesus. Some people love the name of Jesus. Some people hate even the smell of the name of Jesus. They hate. In the New Testament, they do. We forbid you to speak in that. Don't even speak of that name. People get sick when they hear the name of Jesus. But for some of us, that's the only name that matters. Huh? We have all in the name of Jesus. All in Jesus. Up and down. Jesus, 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 until we die, or oh, he takes us home. Who is Jesus? Well, uh, in verse 31, still Luke 1, 31, what does it say there? And behold, you will conceive uh, in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Now, I am going to skip many things here now. Because it goes a little bit into Hebrews, etc. I don't want to give myself a hard time here. It's good to read. It's easier for you to read than for me to pronounce all this stuff. But I can say Yeshua. Oh. Yeshua. And Yeshua. I can try that. One has H at the end, one doesn't have H at the end for a good reason. Okay, let's skip all that. Let's just summarize this. <laughs> Yeshua, Yeshua means Yahweh saves. Let's keep it there. Yahweh saved. So, when the Bible says he will save his people, that's the meaning of his name and the mission and the purpose he came for. 
Same root as, 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 as Joshua. Yehoshua, same. Salvation, Yeshua. Yehoshua, God, saved. Salvation, God, it's all about salvation in Jesus. That's what he came to do. That's the Jesus we're talking about, the Savior of the world. There's not two, there's only one Savior of the world. What else? Yes, okay. So the use of the name Yeshua, it's very interesting if you remember that um, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and, and the New Testament in Greek, and most of our New Testament translation were translated from Greek. Okay? So we have all the Greco-Latin uh, languages. The word Yeshua tells you something. It couldn't be replaced because of its meaning. And its meaning is in Hebrew. It reminds you that salvation is of the Jews. Oh, I don't want to hear that. I want the BBC, not that. I prefer the version of the BBC, not that. We, the ones who send missionaries in the world. So Jesus is a British. Oh no, he ran to Africa. You know, he was saved in Africa. Jesus is Egyptian. Salvation is of the Jew. Some people get very nervous with that. It seems a small thing in this age of anti-Semitism, but it has to be said and courageously. Guess what? Many Christians are already corrupted in that area. Many Christians are already corrupted. Many Christians are already supporting anti-Semitism. Didn't God say he will bless those who bless Abraham? How can a Christian possibly curse Israel? How? Well, I'm not saying to you that the, is, the Israeli people are the most beautiful people. You know some of them. I'm talking about obedience to the commandment. To love and pray for Jerusalem is not an option. God is not begging. is a commandment. What else? Oh, yes. So, that word Yeshua reminds you that even though the Gentiles have taken over the scripture and did with it whatever they want to do, they've hijacked Christianity and do with it whatever they want to do with it, the Bible and the Christian faith has its origin. Someone say, oh, oh the, the, the Jewish people, they crucified Christ. They did not love Christ. Just remember that the first believers, all of them were Jewish. Just like today, some accept him, some rejected him. To deny that Jewishness of the Bible, its root, to deny that is a fraud. It's dishonesty. It's heretical. Jesus himself said, salvation is of the Jew. You say whatever you want to say. And if you contradict that, you are heretical. Oh, geez, come on, slow down. Geez, that's too hard. You can't continue. It's pacing me. I'm not talking about the Hamas here. I'm not talking about Benjamin Netanyahu. I'm talking about Jesus here. You judge if I'm lying to you or not. What else? What about the word Amen? Can you find a replacement in your language for Amen? Maybe, try in your language, if you can find it. What about hallelujah? Try to find it. Let's be humble. 
we Gentiles. Let's be humble. Pray for Jerusalem. Salvation comes from them. The Antichrist will be against them. Islam is against them. Everybody is against me. What about the church? We lending our strength to fight against the descendants of Abraham of whom Jesus Christ came. Hmm. Serious stuff. The word amen which means so be it is first used in Numbers chapter 5 verse 22. And it is used 26 times in the Old Testament. He did not come from Congo or from Nigeria. You don't even have that word in your language. Salvation is of the Jew. The word hallelujah we love so much is another Hebrew word which means praise Yahweh or praise the Lord. Try to find a substitute in your language. Even in the mighty English, there is no substitute. Even in French, there is no substitute. Hallelujah everywhere. Probably the same in Chinese. Humility. Let's remain humble. We've been grafted into God's project and plan. Let's remain humble. If you're a Bible reader then you should be absolutely discerning of everything you receive. There is more to it than just uh, Israel and Hamas, etc. There is more to it. It is spiritual. There is something bigger. The Antichrist will rise out of all that and will come with a solution. And will turn the whole world against Israel to persecute. This is what is happening well, doesn't God, isn't God very angry that people are dividing his country? His land. He's God who gave it. God gave it. Promised to Abraham, to, to Abraham and then gave it God. And say it will remain there, the throne of David will be, guess what? Even in the new Jerusalem. Oh, the new Jerusalem. The new London. No. The new Jerusalem. Not new Kinshasa. New Jerusalem. In the eternal states. New Jerusalem, the only name. Not Canterbury. New Jerusalem. Eternal capital. City of David. There will be the headquarter. So, Christ means the anointed one. Christ means the anointed one. It is the Greek equivalent of Messiah. The anointed one. That's what it means, Christ. When I heard people say, oh, wh why the, 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 the Jewish believers, they don't want to call themselves Christian. If they call themselves Messianic Jews, what's the difference with being called Christian? It all comes from Messiah. Plus, they have a very bad memory of what we call some forms of Christianity. It's not a problem. We call Messianic Jew. It means the same thing. Okay. So, Christ means the anointed one. Hmm. Christ means the anointed one. And many false Christs will come. So many anointed ones will come. Why do you think there is this widespread pandemic of anointing? Let me call, let me find the name. And anointers. Anointers. They are the most anointed people. They can anoint other people. They can do this. Those are false Christ. Because Christ means the anointed one. If they say they are the most anointed, they are dynamic, they are this and that, and they can anoint everyone else, they can, that's the dynamic of falsehood. That's what it means. There is no Christ without anointing. 
And the popularization of the new reality of fake anointing only confirms this. And there will come many. I am anointed. I am anointed. I... And ministers are put under intense pressure to be anointed. That is to fake and pastors are going into witchcraft, into magic, because the believers want to see that. They want to see them doing things. Sorry, don't count on me for that. If it means dying not anointed, praise the Lord, but I'm baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's enough. So, Jesus Christ did not become Christ and Lord after his birth. Some people say he became Christ. No. The account we having of his birth here already says the one to be born will be the Christ, the Lord, the Son of God. He did not become the Son of God. He is the Son, the eternal Son of God. Now, Let's see this. He was the Savior and Christ the Lord at his birth. He was the Savior and Christ the Lord on the cross and remained so in the tomb. <laughs> he was not less God. He was not less Lord in the tomb. He was. Still. Nothing changed. He did not become less God by coming to die here. No. And he had opportunity to demonstrate that. Demonstrate he forgave sins being in his humanity here, he raised the dead, things only God can do, the Jews understood that. They say, you being a man, you're making yourself to be God. Why? Because he forgave sin. Only God can forgive sins. He said, I have the power to lay down my life and to take it back. He is the Savior and Christ the Lord sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. He is the Savior and Christ the Lord in this world. He is the Savior and Christ the Lord in the church. He is the Savior and Christ the Lord in our lives. In Matthew 16, the Lord asked this question to the disciple. Who? Listen carefully to the question. Who do people say I am? That's the first question. Who do people say I am? Oh, some say you John the Baptist. Oh, some say you Elijah. Oh, some even say you Jeremiah. Okay, I understand that. Okay, but you, who do you say I am? You, Peter, you are Christ, the Son of the Living God. Oh, Simon Bar Jonah. It's not flesh or blood that has revealed that to you. My Father in heaven has revealed that to you. You know, the Christ we're talking about here is the one who is revealed to us through salvation. Those who are saved have a different understanding of Jesus Christ. He's not just anybody. He is the Lord. And if he's the Lord, then you obey him, you trust him, and you live for him. His name affects a veil in your life. He's not just a great moral teacher, an avatar, a guru, one of many. No. Those who heard him in his time on this earth, they say, no man taught like that. He's above all the teachers. He is the savior. In the book of Revelation, he is the king of kings and the lord of lords is the alpha and is the omega is the first and the last the beginning and the end hebrew 13:8 jesus is the same yesterday today and forever we're not talking about confucius or muhammad or buddha or sakyamuni or gandhi we're talking about jesus here jesus christ the savior of the world do you remember the story I told you about the queen who was kneeling in a private chapel and she was praying to Jesus Christ? And one of the gods said, surely Jesus is the king of kings when he saw that. One day we shall see him as he really is. But blessed are those who love and worship him without seeing him. 
the day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We sing and shout of victory. That day. The one we're preaching now. The one we serve. The one we sing. The one we worship without seeing him. That day we shall see him. John, uh, the elder, saw him and he fell like dead. Like, like dead. And he tapped and he said, He will console us. He will comfort us. Those who are serving him, those who love him, the consolation is coming one day. Serve the Lord now. Serve the Lord. Don't wait on that day. We used to say that on that day. I think it's Daniel who said on that day, um, many people you know, will be rewarded and those who are taught many are the righteousness of God will shine like stars. You know, There will be people shining like stars. There will be people with a, a crown. And we say that some people will have leads, like the lid of the milk bottle here. Because they haven't served. Until they do like this, you won't see anything. And some will have crown like this. For serving Christ. And some will be like this. With shameful tears. Nobody to come and greet you in heaven. Because you've done nothing. You haven't supported missionary. You haven't witnessed. You haven't encouraged anybody. You're, it's all about you. You will be in heaven. You praise the Lord. Yes, save like by fire. You know, in heaven. And looking someone with your idol hand. Oh, can anyone remember me? Oh, no, nobody. And other people, we have people coming from all over the place. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Why are you thanking me? Why? You founded a mission. I was saved through that. You sent money to Nigeria, Delta. I was saved through that. You did this. You prayed. You did this. You prayed. Thank you, thank you. And you will be there lost in heaven. You're allowed to laugh. Don't worry. Jesus Christ will always be the Savior and Christ the Lord. He is the eternal word, the blessed forever. He is the only way to the Father and there is no salvation outside the Hebrew. Politically incorrect again. What's happening today? Well, if you talk about Jesus Christ, you've got to be politically incorrect. One uh, sister in Christ of mine in America... <laughs> oh, gee, I love to be called narrow-minded. Because there's only one way, is Christ. There's no other way. However much you want to embellish and to make the story look nice, oh no, uh, you know, salvation is like a mountain, you can climb the mountain from any side. Well, that's your theory, okay? All road may lead to Rome, but only one leads to God. Is Jesus Christ. Let's be very, very clear in what we believe in. That our faith will not be in perishable things. Remember, on that day, Christ says, many will say, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied? He said, depart from me, you who commit iniquity. I've never known you. Second reading, Luke chapter 2, and we'll read verse 25 to 32. Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 32. That's Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 32. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. 27. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parent brought, the in, brought in the child Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arm and blessed God and said, verse 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your words. 
For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people. A light to bring revelation to the Gentile and the glory of your people Israel. Now, this is what I'm talking about here. A light to bring revelation to the Gentile and the glory of Israel. You don't need to tell the Israelites that there is God. You don't need to say that to them. But to the Gentiles, they need a revelation. And the revelation that leads to the true God can only come through Jesus Christ. That's why he is the light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Let be humble, humble, humble. Humble, humble. Replacement theology, replacement theology, replacement, replacement theology. What is that? Let's not play the, the game of the enemy here. So, Jesus Christ is notice the consolation of Israel. The consolation of Israel. They have been afflicted so much. Afflicted so much. But one day, one day, Jesus Christ will reestablish order as it should be. Guess what? Some nation who have been against Israel will be punished just for that. And punished properly for that. In the book of Jeremiah, the Lord God was to punish Israel for idolatry. He punished them by sending them into captivity in Babylon. Surprise, surprise. The Gentile, the Babylonian, took advantage of that occasion and do more than what was needed. And they persecuted to the core. Guess what? God promised to punish the Gentile in turn because of that. So God can punish his people, but he doesn't let the devil to finish them off. No. God can withdraw his protection so that his judgment... The enemy can take advantage of that and punish us so that we can learn from it. But God ultimately will not destroy his people. We see that again in the book of Job. The enemy goes, he wants to destroy Job. But God is in charge. So is the case with Israel. Listen to this. Today the Gentiles can decide and trample on Jerusalem, but there will be an end to that. Luke chapter 21, verse 24b says, And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles is fulfilled. There will be an end to what the world is doing today. It's called the time of the Gentiles. They can trample on Jerusalem. They can come up with all sorts of ideas, two-state solution, Whatever they want to do is called the time of the Gentiles. It will have an end. And God will have a final say. Jesus is the consolation of Israel. Jesus Christ is the consolation of Israel and the glory of Israel. He is God's salvation. He is the light that brings revelation to the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, to bring revelation to those who were born and grew up in darkness without any conscience, any knowledge of God. Salvation is of the Jew, says Jesus Christ in John 4.22. The church needs to be very careful not to lend our strength to anti-Semitism, anti-Israel hateful propaganda. Nations will be judged because of their attitude toward Israel. Now, I am going to challenge you a little bit. You see, as I'm talking these things, those who are very clear with the biblical doctrine in their heart, they say, Amen, 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 amen. Those who are already sold out that propaganda, they think that's too much. I'm just teaching the Bible. Come and tell me that I'm lying. That's too much. We don't want that. We don't want that. Now, how many times do we speak about these things? We need to warn the church about the danger. God is very angry. God is not happy. 
You may come up with all sort of explanation. It makes you happy. But God is not happy with what is happening. It's all about the descendants of the woman in Revelation. Remember what they say? Oh, let's start with the people of Saturday, then the people of Sunday, by the people of Friday. <laughs> Deception is so widespread that some Christians have gone as far as denying that Jesus Christ was a Jew in his humanity. That's how bad things are. I have exchanged with people who deny bodily. So things are very serious. But let let us now see who is right. Them or the Bible. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 we read this. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and the Bible says that between Abraham and Jesus Christ, there were 42 generations. Abraham to David, 14. David to the captivity in Babylon, 14. The captivity to Jesus Christ, 14. All in total, 42 generations. Bodily physical descendants. How can you deny that? Who is right? But it pleases people now to come up with all sorts of explanation. Now. Last reading. Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. And we're reading from verse 1 to verse 5. That's Romans chapter 9, verse 1 to verse 5. I tell the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. That I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren. That's Paul writing. My countrymen according to the flesh. That's the Israelites. Verse 4. Who are Israelites? Now listen carefully. To whom pertain adoption, the glory, the covenant, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promise. Now listen carefully. Verse 5. Of whom are the fathers and from whom according to the flesh that is bodily Christ came who is overall the eternally blessed God Amen what about that who is lying who is lying what do you have on offer to dismiss this But it pleases people to perpetuate the lie. They're quite happy. They know, they know these things. They turn a blind eye because it pleases them to play in the hand of the, 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 the devil. Let's be humble. We've just been grafted. Christ descended there to them pertain covenant and promises and the service of God. Now, you bring in you know, your rock music, your gentle, that's your problem. So according to the flesh, that is in humanity, humanly speaking, Jesus Christ was an Israelite and he is eternally blessed God. When the Lord God promised that he would bless all the nations through Abraham, Abraham's blessing would reach the Gentile in Christ Jesus. Spiritually, we became Abraham's seed if we are in Christ. Galatians 3.29 But Israel is the physical descendants of Abraham and is God's chosen people, whether we like it or not. You see, that's what caused the hatred with Hitler. Because whenever a nation and a people become so proud, they begin to feel we are the best in the world. The first people they will attack is Israel because of the status 
of chosen people. Everyone wants to think, to believe that they are the best, they are the most favored. That's the reason why Hitler wants to exterminate, because he thought he was the chosen. He was the superior race. This is the Jesus we are preaching here this morning. The one who was conceived supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit. He died and rose again by the power of the Holy Spirit. Salvation is preached in his name. There's no salvation any other, for there's no other name under the heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Act 4.12 For there's only one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all. First Timothy 2, 5-6. to Today, some people are being taught not to pray in the name of Jesus. It's getting worse. Some people pray. They refuse to pray in the name of Jesus. Do you know why? Because someone somewhere has come up with some dodgy philosophy. You know, praying in the name of Jesus doesn't necessarily mean to say the name. You know, it means your position. If you confess with your mouth, the Bible says, Jesus, the Lord. And those, all those things have an appearing of wisdom, you know, and people refuse to pray in the name of Jesus. Yet he commanded us to pray in his name. To ask of the Father in his name. Everything is about his name. People refuse. Because somewhere there is someone writing a book and say, it doesn't mean necessarily saying the name of Jesus. You know, you can just say, well, if you do that, I'm not saying amen. You can be guaranteed. Why? Because Jesus is the amen of God. I say, if you don't say the name of Jesus, you can be sure that you will miss my amen. Because in him is the amen of God. People refuse. Well, we want the name of Jesus to be known as much as possible, to be exalted at every occasion, don't we? People refuse. Because they have been taught like that somewhere. And this thing needs to be corrected in the church to do the right thing. Where Peter and John, in uh, I think it's uh, in Act 3, when the beggar was asking for arm, for money, what did they say? Silver or gold we don't have, but what we have we give you. In there? Ah, bon. Okay. Oh, no, that we shouldn't say that. Well, why don't you just think in your heart and see if demon will not smack you? Well, there's one who came in the name of Jesus whom the disciples are preaching and on la vie fracassé. <clears throat> Sorry, I know you love French. But from time to time, give you a treat. Some people are being taught not to pray in the name of Jesus. That already happened in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 7, when the disciples were asked, by what name have you done this? And they forbid them to speak in the name of Jesus. They forbid them. So people are coming by the back door to try and fulfill that same purpose today. Oh, no, you should not do that. Worldly wisdom. An appearing, appearance of wisdom, but it's not wisdom. Imagine if all of us accept that. All of us. Oh, no, we should not pray in the name of Jesus because it's in our heart. And everybody's praying this one word. In the name of Joseph School, that way, in the name of Gorbachev, in the name. The disciple answered in verse 10, saying, Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you, exalting the name of Jesus. Act 3, verse 6. Then Peter said, silver of gold, we've already said that. So we preach the name of Jesus. We are saved in the name of Jesus. We are set free in the name of Jesus. We are healed in the name of Jesus. We come to the Father in the name of Jesus. 
we cast out demons in the name of Jesus, Jesus the crucified. You've been sitting for some time patiently. Thank you very much. Let's stand together and read this small scripture together and then we'll close. Please turn to Philippians chapter 2 and we read together Philippians chapter 2 we read together from verse 8 to verse 11 it is our confession this this afternoon let's read together Ephesians chapter no Philippians chapter 2 8 to 11 let's read together and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and those in heaven, and those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the Father. So this is the, uh, while you remain uh, standing, uh, Jesus Christ says to you now, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus wants to save you. The day of salvation is today. Believe on the Lord and you will be saved. For at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue uh, confess him, King of glory now.